It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Cowboys sent you. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We are ticking down. Today is one week. We have one week left until the actual the actual DAC deadline of July 15th. So uh, we're just kind of all twiddling our thumbs, waiting for news waiting for some thawing, waiting for some movement, waiting for anything at this point. And uh, I'm just one of Cowboys Nation waiting to hear what's what's happening next. Somehow the Dak Prescott contract takes continue to get worse and worse every day. I didn't know yeah. that was possible, but you wake up, you look at Twitter, and it's like, wow, didn't think it could be this bad, but it is. So I just can't wait till it's over. Actually, I can't even wait until just that deadline passes. I don't even at this, this point care uh, if they sign him to a long-term deal or not. I just want it to be over with. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got some news today regarding Dak Prescott. Uh, ESPN had a fantastic article this morning uh, by staff writer Jeremy Fowler. Uh, he pulled a bunch of different NFL executives, scouts, coordinators, uh, asking them a simple question. Who are the top 10 quarterbacks entering the 2020 season? Uh, they were asked to rank them all, these, these 20 executives, um, and the results were absolutely uh, you know, fascinating. At number one is Patrick Mahomes, who you would expect. Uh, but what's so interesting about these rankings is the the variance here. Most of the the evaluators put Mahomes as the top ranked quarterback in the league, uh, but somebody ranked him as the fourth best. Um, scrolling down, you you've got guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, all listed above at Dak, above Dak Prescott. Uh, Prescott finally comes in at number nine. Uh, his highest ranking by an evaluator was four. The lowest was 13. Um, and I'm going to read you one of the, the, the quotes from an AFC executive. He said, uh, that great rookie season set the stage for him to hit another level that he's never really going to hit. The bar got set so high, and I don't know if he can reach it. He hasn't thrown the ball well since 2016. Landon, let's go ahead and start there. The The ranking of number nine, that quote from an AFC executive, w- what are your thoughts when you saw this? Uh, that they forgot to look at the 2019 season. <laughs> I, you know, look, I mean, what, what that quote doesn't make any sense, especially since no. his 2019 season was better than his rookie season in, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different metrics. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really, and that's my issue with, you know these rankings and and the the amount of uh, you know heft that we give these because they come from uh, how do they phrase it? 
uh, NFL executives. Exactly. Uh, yeah. the, so people the, making the, decisions. The VP of marketing is an NFL executive. Uh, so that's uh, <laughs> true. Uh, my guess, I mean, though, is that my guess is if I, you know, this is probably somebody who does have some say sure. in no, a I, I'm front office. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, but but you know, the other part of this is that you know, we should we just as a fan, if you're going to yeah. get the opinion of two different AFC executives. One of them is uh, the one of the family member o- uh, ownership of people from Cincinnati Bengals, and one of them is uh, Bill Belichick, and you're going to weigh those equally. You know, I I think that there's there's some issue there. You know, I, I, it's not again. This is an article for for off season reads for clicks for fun. I, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like you know rain on anybody's parade or, or anything like that. But I, I just think that. There's a, a level of heft that comes with the phrase NFL executives that I think we should parse here because not all of them are created equal. And also the methodology that we're talking here. It's fair enough. Each one of these guys come from different teams that have different uh, uh, you know, schemes. They have different things that they look for in quarterbacks. You know, kind of trying to homogenize all that and then, you know, kind of get an, an average of the scores from all that. It, it can be messy. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of things kind of wildly not maybe not wildly but certainly out of place right sure and and i i also think that there's a certain amount of you know when you just read through this list there's a certain amount of uh of name bias that always exists right that that, yes you know you you look in i think the two most common biases you have to watch out for for these kind of lists is recency bias and in name bias and i and i'm looking at this list and i don't think recency bias is so much of an issue no. as name bias because now you've got aaron Rodgers as number three overall you've got uh drew Brees at five and aaron Rodgers and drew Brees have not been top five quarterbacks i mean for the last two or three years right yeah. like sure. and, and yeah. especially Brees, when you look at what he was doing at the end of the year they were having to find a way to work around him, essentially. So, uh, and not that he isn't a great quarterback, you know, at, at certain points, and he can't just turn it on and be one of the best in the league. That, that certainly can happen, but I don't know that like putting him at five and you know somebody ranked him as the second best quarterback in the league at forty-one years old. And that, I mean, come on, like sure. even the best Drew Brees homer can't believe that. So no, no, you know, I, I guess my my point is is that. Yeah, this is all over the place because the NFL execs are all over the place. They all have different opinions, different thoughts, and to try to scientifically homogenize and and and, and like you know average out these scores is going to produce kind of weird results. And having said that, just looking at the Prescott, you know, uh, uh, notes here and all that stuff. I mean, just what you, even what you read. Does that sound? Does that even pass the sniff test of what you saw last season? No, you know, I mean no. he's he has grown. I actually would take. I mean, to be fair to this article, I actually would t- would take uh, the, the other AFC assistant coach word over this, where he says yeah. the evolution yep. of him is great. People said coming out he wasn't the most gifted rhythmic passer on timing, but he's really grown in that building. He's a pure pocket guy now with the ability to win with athleticism, and a lot of quarterbacks out there are not. And I think that's it, is that if you want to look at what Dak Prescott is, is he was a guy who uh, was not a finished product despite having started a lot of games in college and has grown and improved in a way in in the last few years 
that if you're like the first AFC exec and not paying attention, you wouldn't have noticed that he's grown <laughs> yeah. into one of the best passers yeah. in, the, in the NFL. And I think last year was a coronation of that. It was it was a confirmation that, hey, that 2016 season wasn't just a fluke. It was a preview of things to come. Um. I, those two AFC executives, or one's a coach, one's an executive, they couldn't be more you know, further apart on this, uh, basically, on their thoughts on Prescott. How come I have a feeling that one of these, probably the one that's more optimistic about Prescott's probably a, a coach on a very good team, when the other one, uh, maybe not so much. Um, just really quickly, uh, just because I think it's funny, uh, there was only two quarterbacks in the AFC last year to average more yards per attempt or adjusted yards per attempt uh, when passing the ball last year. Um, that would be Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So uh, well, even if Prescott's not throwing the ball well, he's throwing the ball better than 14 of the other quarterbacks <laughs> in your conference. So calls me Including probably your quarterback, whoever, yeah, I mean, whoever more, you are. So. Prop, almost definitely your quarterback. Statistically, it's likely, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about one more type of bias that's out there, but let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their website is incredibly easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box to let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, you mentioned two types of biases that happen when it comes to evaluating players. And in this case, quarterbacks, you mentioned the recency bias. Uh, which we kind of don't think is happening here considering some of the other names on the list. Uh, you, we talk about name bias. Um, another one that I want to uh, talk about and address really quickly is draft pick bias. Um, you'll see a lot of times in the NFL where you are drafted can kind of stay with you for a long time. And I think we're even seeing it to a degree with Prescott, right? If Prescott was a first-round pick and putting up the same numbers that he has over the first four years of his career— I don't think anybody would be questioning whether the Cowboys should give him a long-term contract. Um, you know, we even see this with some other quarterbacks in the league, like Kirk Cousins. I don't think necessarily gets the respect that he deserves because he was a fourth-round pick. Um, I, I, and I think maybe the best example is Russell Wilson. As great as Russell Wilson has been in his career, uh, a passer rating of you know in the 90s every single year. He's the Seahawks have had a winning record every single season that he started. Um, He's never had an, an all-pro vote, which is just shocking to me. He's never had an MVP vote. And in this ranking, uh, somebody believes, an NFL executive or coach believes he's the ninth best quarterback in the league. 
And there's absolutely no statistical argument for that. And if you're watching NFL on Sundays at all, you know that he's not the ninth best quarterback in the league. So what do you think about draft pick bias when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah, it's a real thing. And, and I think Dak really suffers from it as well. But yeah, I think the the one person who really exemplifies that and really, I mean, at least in the modern times, and frankly, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, I was going to say Tony Romo. I mean, really. Oh, absolutely. That That's a good a one. Degree. Yeah. I mean, I think if you talk, look at back at where he was, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of this post-career, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, appreciation appreciation of him is so frustrating to people like you and me who spent you know a decade defending tony romo from a a sea an army of not only just nfl regular folks but cowboys fans who didn't appreciate tony romo when he was when he was on the team so uh i think russell wilson is the guy that really exemplifies it now right i mean this is a guy who He's the more accomplished I mean, version of Tony Romo, right? He, he is. He's what he, we he's, all was hoping that Romo would do in the playoffs, right? Yeah, and 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 he, you know, he he's MVP level play. I mean, like this is a guy who's every single season these last few years has been absolutely, you know, uh, single handedly carrying Seattle in a lot of different ways. To you know, just and really, despite a lot of different things working against him has, has performed incredibly. It's superhuman in the last few seasons and still, still, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm kind of taken aback by that. You're saying that he's never gotten an MVP vote before. That's just, I mean, that's completely shocking, you know, and not I mean, an all pro vote he, either. That's either of those, all, not, not a single all pro vote in the last, what, I don't know how many years you've been playing now, eight years. It's not a single it's, one. It's, it's totally shocking, you know, because he's a guy that has played like one of the best at his position for, you know, basically since his second year, his first year in the league, and yep. and and has still not managed to kind of thaw the uh, uh, the the initial thought on him because of, of where he was drafted. Uh, you know, I wonder if Dak, if he starts having that kind of, and, you know, we all knock on, hopefully does have that kind of success that Russell Wilson does. If he, you know, if we win a Super Bowl with Dak, and I feel like maybe that might be a different situation just because of all the exposure Dak will get with the Cowboys, and I think maybe that eventually will turn over. But, you know, it, it's, it is shocking to me how much uh, you... The general consensus seems to just continue to uh, to default to the 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 draft pick as a you know kind of status as a what type of what you know level of player this is like th- that this can't be a best player in the like the idea that you can't be one of the best players in the league without being a first round pick first sure is is so so wrong and been proven th- you know throughout the, the NFL history but but yet people still like really hold on to draft status as a as a as an indicator of exactly what kind of you know stock you you are or or what kind of a a level of talent you are yeah i mean i think a a perfect example is dak's rookie season i mean we just got done talking about it but he was fantastic he had a passer rating of 105 uh they won 13 games that season um he completed 68 percent of his passes but remember, he wasn't the one getting MVP votes. It was the running back that was getting the MVP votes. And I remember coming out of that season, the, the narrative was, 
well, it's Ezekiel Elliott. The running game is what makes Dak Prescott good. If he doesn't have those things, there's there's no way that he can keep up that success. So I, I remember even his rookie year being that way. And I think, you know, even if the Cowboys were to go on and have success, you know, this year, let's say they get to the Super Bowl even, I, I think it would be the same thing is, well, it's the running game that's making him good. It's the offensive line, blah, 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 blah. I just think he's going to be a victim of being a fourth-round pick for his entire career. You still hear it with Russell Wilson. People still, to this day, say that the reason why Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are good, so good is because of that defense. And they're talking about the defense from 2018, <laughs> 2019. Well, let me tell you, if you watch Seattle over the last couple of, couple of years, their defense has been awful. And it's yeah. been Russell Wilson that's been saving them and getting them into the playoffs. So, uh, I, I, unfortunately, it's probably going to be a narrative that hangs around for a while. It even stuck with Bra- Tom Brady, a six-round pick, until you know he won his third and fourth Super Bowl. That's when people f- really thought, well, you know, now he's an all-time great. But even even now, there's still people that question whether Be- Brady is uh, uh, just a product of Belichick. So um, it, it's just funny how this how this kind of works out and. You know, if you're a competent first-round pick at quarterback, uh, like Jared Goff, you really don't hear any of these questions, right? How often are we talking about whether Goff deserved his contract or anything like that? You, you just don't hear it very often. So, well, look uh, at the, there's look my at the list that we just talked. Just look at the list that we just talked about. You know, look at the list of, of the ranking of the quarterbacks that we just talked about. How wildly out of everywhere the opinions were on these guys. Yeah. These are the same people that are making the draft picks. Right. So, you know, like it, it's going to reflect in that sort of way that you, there's a bunch of people all who have different opinions on how football should be played at every single position. They're selecting the players they want. Sometimes there are some players that come out of college that are so universally, uh, you know, that are universally good that that everyone seems to keep them uh, in, in, you know, in their mind and in, in, at the top of their boards. But at the same time, like you know, some of the best players get mislabeled by these guys, and and as yep. they kind of yep. you know make it through that slip through the cracks, there these these guys don't want to admit that they missed on those guys. You know, they want to they want to sure. believe that they that, that that they're a product of this and that. No, no, it wasn't my evaluation. So, you know, the, a lot of the issue is that we we. we as fandom kind of generally take the word of the same people that are drafting these players. And, and, and yep. so when they miss them, they're not like trying to come out and sing the praises of a guy that everybody in the league missed on. Right. So it's, it, it's, it's natural that there's going to be a lot of skepticism until, you know, they've been hit over the head with it and there's, they've been given no choice. I, I agree. It's just, this is a, a fun article to kind of pick through because you get to, to kind of peek through a keyhole to, to steal a Sigmund uh, Bloom phrase uh, to see how front offices work um, and how they think. So um, let's take one more quick break and we will come back and we will uh, talk about something that happened way back in 2006. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Landon, I want you to think back to 2006 
the top song was uh, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. He actually had two number one hit singles. Uh, <laughs> 2006 for movies was, was good. We had The Departed. Uh, we had uh, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, The Prestige. Um, first of all, what were you doing in 2006? Do you remember? Oh, I was uh, trying to save up money to move out to Los Angeles, actually. Yeah. Best I was living in Dallas made, still. Right? Living in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember you're you're a film guy? Do you remember what movie won uh, Best Picture in 2006? Oh, I'm I'm a film guy, but not a years guy. Uh, <laughs> 2006? No, I don't. Was it, was it Crash? Crash? Was uh, it Crash? Yeah. Oh God, that movie's. But not a, not a great year for movies for like no, uh, Oscar not. movies. But um, we're gonna talk about the 2006 draft, which uh, kind of coincidentally not a very good draft. Uh, just not a great year in 2006. So. Um, Bleacher Report just put out a new article redrafting the entire first round of the 2006 draft. If you don't remember, the Cowboys took uh, <laughs> linebacker Bobby Carpenter. I'm trying to be nice. I, I appeared on his radio show the other day, so I was, <laughs> I'm trying to be as nice as possible. Uh, didn't Let's just say did not work out with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, first of all, Bobby Carpenter, what do you remember most about his career with the, with the Dallas Cowboys? That... Uh, his father was uh, had played for Bill Parcells. And, and that's that, the reason he got picked. And that's the reason he got drafted. And that he was best friends <laughs> with Jason Witten and Tony Romo. That's that's all I remember. Yeah, I actually don't remember any big play from. His, no, wait. Uh, didn't he? Didn't I? Didn't he score pick six against us? Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's what I remember the most. He had two interceptions uh, in the Lions Cowboy game in two thousand nine or two thousand ten or something like that. So. That's that's what I remember the most about Bobby Carpenter is him not making any plays for the Cowboys and um, making plays for the Lions. So uh, in this redraft, they have the Cowboys drafting running back Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, that's fine. It's whatever. But what I want to talk about more is uh, back in that 2006 draft, who are your pet cats? Who are you hoping that the Cowboys would select uh, with that 18th pick? Well, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I, I think that you know, you had mentioned Manny Lawson, and that that was a guy that I think that uh, um, I, I had been looking at. You know, I, I, if I remember correctly, I, we were also kind of looking at DBs a little bit, I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I, I remember Jimmy Williams was a guy from Virginia Tech that I that oh, I that's really a good liked. One. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah I, I, they had. I mean, you had a good one too. That was like one of the top guys uh, that. Uh, uh, you know, um, um, uh, Antonio Cromartie that he yeah. obviously ended yep. up having quite a long career and 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 not only in football but also in fathering. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and one of my favorite hard knocks moments ever, by the way, is when he forgets sitting, the now he forgets he's sitting the, on his helmet to, trying to name all his kids. It's one of my favorite moments. <laughs> uh, you know, there, looking back, this was a terrible draft. Class. It was an awful draft. Yeah, uh, so um, that was which the is thing. kind of surprising considering we were just talking about this again before the show. But that 2005 college football season was incredible, one yeah. of the best college football seasons I remember. Um, and there was a lot of guys coming into this draft that yeah. we thought were generational be, talents, man. Right, like, Mario yeah. Williams and Reggie Bush and Vince Young and AJ Hawk was fantastic Ohio, at Ohio State. Um, even, you know, Matt Leinart, some people really, really like coming out of USC. So we thought this was going to be a, a great class. 
Turns out it maybe is one of the worst over the last two decades. I mean, think about Vernon Davis and Ernie Sims blowing up the combine and, and like Haloti yeah. Nada, who Haloti Nada, I mean, obviously is one of the guys drafted at 12 who probably lived up to his career value and may, actually may end up being yeah. the best player in this draft uh, is, is, when it's all said and done. But I mean, like, there was just a class. I mean, all those guys, Cameron Wimberly. Broderick Bunkley, all these guys were freaks of nature. That that whole Florida State class that we were so sure was going to come out and just let light the world on fire, and frankly, um, Antonio Cromartie was the only one who really was, uh, you know, that lived up to any of the hype. I mean, Cameron Wimberly, Broderick Bunkley, Ernie Sims, Antonio yeah. Cromartie, all yeah. first rounders from Florida State. And really, the only one who did anything worth worth their draft pick was, you know, Antonio Cromartie. It was just a, a really weird year because you had a lot of big name players like Santonio Holmes had a huge career yeah. at Ohio State. Uh, went picked twenty five to Pittsburgh, made a big play in the Super Bowl. But um, if I remember correctly, and I'm going to double check this right now. Uh, had just one thousand yard year in his entire career in the NFL. Uh, so I think you can say that he was for the most part a bust. Um, just, just not a not a great class. So, as much as we want to kill the Cowboys for taking Bobby Carpenter, and again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But there wasn't a ton of great options behind Bobby Carpenter in this draft. Sure, like Tom Bahali and Cromartie would have been great. Um, even Manny Lawson started for a few years in the NFL, but uh, just just not a great class. And sometimes you need to remember that when we when we do these draft evaluations and we think about draft picks is you know what sometimes there's just not good options and you're kind of left left taking guys who are going to be role players higher than you want but it's just the the nature of this class and this 2006 class not very good um i'll I'll just run down through the rest of the cowboy class really quickly um just just for a little bit of a refresher uh dallas took anthony fasano in the second round um he was fine just not with the cowboys It, it turned out to have a long career in the nfl Jason Hatcher, actually by far the best player in this class of the Cowboys, um, you know, got paid by the Redskins, had a double-digit sack season, and I believe, was that 2012, 2013? Uh, you know, I think that first year with Rod Marinelli. Um, yeah. And then maybe the guy that I was the most excited about in this class that uh, never did anything in the NFL. Do you remember Skylar Green coming from LSU? I do, yes. Power returner, was, kick returner. Yeah, he was uh, uh, Parcells was really high on him. Uh, I remember that. Uh, yeah, he I, that he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he, he had five punt returns in his career with Dallas for twenty six yards. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Didn't work yeah. out. No. If only they would have been a little higher on a, a different kick returner a couple rounds earlier. Uh, Devin Hester went right after their second oh. round pick. Yeah, imagine what Dallas would have looked like with Devin Hester. Um, and then Montavious Stanley in the sixth round, EJ Whitley, a center who never played, and then one of my favorite Cowboy day three picks of all time, Pat McQuiston. Uh, him and his brother Paul McQuiston actually made it in the NFL for a long time. Uh, I hate to say this, but maybe one of the ugliest p- players in NFL history. But Pat McQuiston turned out to be a, a pretty, def- a pretty, pretty decent swing tackle in the NFL. Wow, I didn't know we were we were judging them by ugliness, but yeah, well, okay, <laughs> I, won't, I, mean, I won't I won't deny it. I was gonna say, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you, I don't know. Okay, there you go. There, there you go. I, I'm, people, I'm certainly not gonna debate you on it. No, 
Okay. Well, if, if you ever think I'm wrong, go Google Pat McQuiston. <laughs> uh, that is it for today's show. We're going to end it on that note, apparently. Yeah, I guess uh, so. <laughs> make sure you guys download the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Landon is at McCoolBCB. Make sure you listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 